Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I have to share with you what God's laid on my heart. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We've been talking about entering into God's rest. How many remember that? Let us therefore fear, that's verse 1. Lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said. Verse 11. Let us labor... Therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Of unbelief. We've been instructed to come to Jesus. We've been instructed to learn of Jesus. We've been instructed to enter into his rest. You will recall... We gave you the scriptures in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely of heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. Come to me. Take my yoke. Learn of me. And enter into my rest. And he said over here, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any of us fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, when we're talking about learning of Jesus, I believe it's necessary to go back to Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. Let's look at verse 4 in Isaiah 53. Well, I think we shouldn't start at verse 4. I think we better start at verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. And he, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely. Absolutely. Without doubt. He hath borne our griefs. Sicknesses and pains. Distresses. That's the true translation of the word griefs. And carried our sorrows. Diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want you to note here the threefold deliverance provided by Jesus for the total man. Spirit, soul, and body. He bars sins. Spirit. Sin. Spirit. The chastisement of our peace. That means our mental anguish. He bore all our mental anguish. I believe this is new territory. I believe that we've got to begin to see that Jesus bore our mental anguish at Calvary. The chastisement of our peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. There are more Christians that are being attacked with mental illnesses and diseases because they've not yet learned that Jesus bore their mental anguish. You don't have to have your mind messed up anymore. There are some people that are taking drugs just to have peace, tranquilizers to get rest, dope to find peace of mind. But the Bible says Jesus died upon the cross and took the chastisement of our peace upon him. And with his stripes you are healed. That's for the body. There's a threefold deliverance for the threefold man. I want you to note along with what I just said another scripture. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, he bore your sin and gave you in its place righteousness. He bore your mental anguish and gave you in its place peace. He bore your sickness. And gave you in its place what? Healing. Also, he gave you love, a sound mind, and power. When we come to Jesus, it's like coming to the gates of Canaan's land. But the Bible says that we are to possess the land. In the Spirit, he bore our sin gave us righteousness, but in the Spirit we have love. The love of God was shed abroad where? Where? Okay, he didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. That's the love. There's threefold way that we are going to enter into this possession. Love is of the Spirit. Love is of the Spirit. But he also gave us a sound mind. In your patience, possess ye your what? Your souls. 
In your patience possess ye your souls. Jesus bore our mental anguish, and it's only as we develop in the fruit of patience and grow in it do we possess our souls, our souls, emotions, mental anguish, your souls, reasoning faculties, the will, the mind. He gave you a sound mind. And the Bible says that we are as believers to possess our vessels. To possess our vessels. The vessel is the body in sanctification. Power is the way we're going to do it. He gave us power. He gave us power to possess our vessels in sanctification. It takes the power of God to keep this body under control. Now you've got power, love, and a sound mind. Now he's given you in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 instruction concerning power, love, and a sound mind. As a believer, we've got the power of the Holy Ghost, the manifestations of the Spirit, the name of Jesus, because we have been baptized into one body by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 12 goes over all the things we need to know concerning the power of God in our lives. How many of you got the Holy Ghost in you? How many of you speak with other tongues? We're not without power. We've got the powerhouse. 1 Corinthians 13 tells you how to walk in love. There's no excuse for not allowing the love of God to possess our spirits. When you allow love to possess your spirit, you allow God to possess your spirit. When you allow God to possess your spirit, you by that love will walk in a sound mind. 1 Corinthians 14 chapter talks about a sound mind. How to use the power and the love of God together properly. Desire spiritual gifts. Follow after love, brethren. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather. And he goes on to explain the use of the power of God and the love of God. How they work together. To cause every believer to stand against any of the forces that would come against them. To keep them out of their possession. The possession, beloved, is not a land. But the possession we're talking about is your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. When God's love possesses your spirit, then God is in control over your life. When God's peace fills your mind, you're walking with a sound mind and kept in perfect peace, then God is manifesting His life through your mind. When God's power reaches your body and flows through your body, there's healing, there's sanctification, there's holiness. This is the land that he's talking about. Go back to me with, with me to Second Chronicles. <coughs> Excuse me. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter.
20th chapter. <clears throat> Power, love, and a sound mind. You've got foes, you've got enemies to deal with concerning possessing the land. Here we have an example of how that a group of people had entered into the promised land. And the enemy didn't like it. Look at verse 3. Jehoshaphat and the army of Judah, they were in the promised land. And it came to pass that the children of Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir came against them and wanted to destroy them and strip them of their inheritance. In verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea, or Judah. Verse 11, <clears throat> let's look at verse 10 first. And now behold... The children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now, I want you to note this. There were three armies. They were not allowed to invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us. To come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Thinking of types and shadows, when we came out of the land of Egypt, or of darkness, there were three enemies that we had to deal with that we just couldn't put off. The devil, the world, and the flesh. And all three of them are gathering around you to strip you of your inheritance. To take away from you the land that God has given you to possess. What are they going to do? Here they are in the land. But they've got three enemies. They're no match for these enemies. But they're out there. What are they going to do? How are they going to stay in their land? God was the one that told them, don't destroy them. But think about it. You've got three enemies that are out there. Endeavoring to keep you from your possession. And I might add, the instigator behind them all has a little bit more wisdom than some of God's people. I don't say it to his credit. I probably say it to our shame. But you think about that. You think about that. Every single one of us, as a body, as a collective body of Christ, as individuals, 
You've got three enemies out there that are endeavoring to come against you, to take you out of your land of promise, and to strip you of your inheritance. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Well, what did they do? What was their reaction? I like it here. Let's, let's look at verse 4. And Judah gathered themselves together. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord of our God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the, na- the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might? So that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when, Evil. I want you to underline that. I want you to make a mental note. Cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the devil, the world, and the flesh have turned to destroy us. Verse 11, Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which you gave us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Let's stop there. Notice how they got the families together to stand in the presence of the Lord. Whenever trouble or affliction came or evil came, Jehoshaphat knew what to do. To call upon the name of the Lord. He believed in the power of prayer. He believed in the Lord is God. He believed in the covenant that was established with his fathers 
through Abraham. Beloved, we have a covenant established with our Father, God, through Jesus Christ. Recently, I went to a meeting in the city, well, in the borough here. The, uh, some of the members of council, some of um, local union member, ministerium, got together to form a coalition to discuss or to con- gain power so that we can find out what's going on with Colt Industries, J&L Steel Company, Crucible. I was invited to attend this meeting. And the people seem to be very much concerned concerning this state they're surrounded in. Seems like everything around them is destroying their lives and they don't know what to do. And I sat there for quite some time, approximately three hours, and observed. And just observed what was going on, what was being said. And it seems as though that they began to plan some strategy as to how they would endeavor to gain control and power in this borough so they can have power to decide just what could be done with Crucible and what the borough would demand to be done concerning the workers in Midland. And after much observation... Of course, I would not offer my information until I was asked. Then it was too late. I was asked, what do you think? You've just been observing. What do you think? And I said to the group, with all the love in my heart, that the reason why the people are in such a state of depression and chaos. Do you ever see people running around not knowing what to do? Someone says like a chicken with their head cut off. Is because you're trying to deal with symptoms and not the cause. The reason why this whole valley is in this condition that it's in is because of the fact they turn their backs on God. And of course I was there with other men that were representing the ministry in the borough of Midland. But I said, they're not, the people have not served God. This because they were blessed to have such an industry whereby they could have a good living, make a good living. I said, the problem is they, they began to worship the industry and worship the mills Instead of worshiping the God that gave it to him. And now I see according to what I hear, we are together supposedly to make a coalition to use a means to gain authority and control and power 
that is not according to the Word of God. I believe that it's the power of prayer. That it's people turning their face to the wall and looking unto God and stopping the immorality and calling upon the name of the Lord and entering back in their covenant relationship where they belong. And one said, do you suggest that this become a prayer meeting? Well, you're on the right track. <laughs> Beloved, we have got a power that is far greater than any coalition could have through the wisdom of men. We have got a coalition of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and a company of believers in the earth that if they were sincere with God, I believe a group like this could change the whole destiny of the world around us. Do you see what I'm saying? But when you begin to speak concerning the things of God, of course, right away many ears begin to close. But yet people are still running around like chickens with their head cut off, not knowing what to do. Well, what do you think? I believe that it's time that God's people begin to wake up to what's going on around them. I believe in walking by faith. I believe in living my life by faith. But, beloved, if you would lift up your eyes and look around you, there is a world filled with people that are so disturbed, so tormented. I mean, they are without hope. They are without God. And they've got no way to turn. I want you to know that the medical field is not able to help them. I want you to know that this financial system in this country is not able to help them. I want you to know that this economical system that's in this country will never be able to help them. And finally, they are feeling the effects of it. But as for you and as for me, it's time we begin to lift up our eyes and look around us and realize that this is a time that we should reap in a harvest. This is a time that we should be on our faces before God, not for the opening up of mills, not for bringing down interest rates, bless God, not for just getting people healed, but getting people birthed into the family of the living God. Because the time has never been more right. But these three big enemies, these three big giants, they seem to lift up their heads against the body of Christ. And if you allow them three ugly things to come your way, they are going to dictate to you the same thing that it's dictating to the world system. I mean to tell you, I'm seeing people who are supposedly... Well, one fellow said, I'm a Christian. And God's telling me to do this. It was totally contrary to the Word of God. Using the guise of Christianity, saying that I'm speaking of God, and yet wanting to use a means 
of lying and deception and slander in order to gain power. And we call this joining our forces together, uniting ourselves together, binding ourselves together to withstand the elements that are around us. But one thing I will say. They are sincere and they mean business and it's the only way they know they were there. Tonight there's a meeting after this service at the Lyceum here. Presentation. To gain more people. To gain more power. To begin to gain control and sway the people to get together and to stand up for their rights and for their privileges as a person in this district, in this borough. Now I'm getting to what God wants me to say to you. Did you hear those requests that came to this, this pulpit? Do you know how many more requests are out there like that? Do you know how much power we have? Do you know how much authority we have? Do you know what land we live in? We live in the promised land. We live in a land flowing with milk and honey. We live in a land where the name of Jesus has all authority, all rule, and all power. We live in a land of inheritance as Jehoshaphat did, where the enemy has no right to strip us of our inheritance. No right to remove that love of God that's in our heart. And no right to cause it to develop into selfishness once again. No right to steal that woman's mental peace away from her. Put her in a sane asylum. To live on this earth as a vegetable and just to die without ever enjoying her inheritance. No right to steal the health that was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ whatsoever. But yet, it seems like as though we're living in a realm where too few understand or realize how to call upon the name of the Lord this God and get results. And so I was on my face before the Lord and I want to know why. Why, Father? Oh, why? Why is it? I believe this should be a sanctuary. This should be a place where people that walk in could come into this place and just walk into the power and the presence of God and be delivered spirit, soul, and body every time they walk in. I believe that we should have a habitation of God as such in spirit. 
that we refuse to allow anybody to walk out of this place without experiencing the love of God in their heart, the peace of mind that's given because of the fact Jesus is Lord over your mind, and total freedom from sickness and disease in their bodies because these are the three purchases that Jesus paid for at the cross. Why? Well, look what they did. Look what they did. Let's go on down to verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not. Look at this. Let us fear lest we lose the inheritance. Fear not the devil, the world, and the flesh, and the forces that are around you. Don't let them get you out of love. Don't let them strip you of peace of mind. Don't you let them take your health away from your body. Fear not, be not dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Verse 18, what's the second word? And what? I got it left out in the Bible. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. Well, whatever it is, praise God. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And all Judah, listen, and all, read it again. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, for themselves, for themselves, more than they could carry away, and they were three days in gathering of the spoil, 
It was so much. I want you to note that in this land of promise, these people got on their face before God, although it was their possession, although it was their land. I want you to note that they all got together, proclaimed a fast. Children, parents, grandparents, and got on their faces before the Lord their God and said, we'll not budge until we get direction from you. Which way should we go? What should we do? And the Lord said the silliest thing you ever heard of, supposedly. Send out singers against them. Send out singers against them. Who ever heard of a few trumpeters and singers that could possibly be any match for three armies that the whole army of Judah couldn't stand against? It doesn't sound feasible. It doesn't sound possible. Beloved, I want you to know that all the enemies that are surrounding us, all the forces that are coming against us to strip us of our inheritance, to keep us out of the land, to destroy our health, to destroy our mental well-being, to keep us out of God's love. All these forces can be dealt with collectively and individually through the highest expression of your faith, joining forces together to sing praise honor and glory unto the Lord your God. I want you to know that as individuals we can enter into this in a dimension. We can enter into a place in our walk with Him. I believe in a dimension where we can grow to a place in Him that eventually we could enjoy the fullness of our inheritance and live above the world, the devil, and the flesh. But I want you to know that as a body of believers, as a collective group, as a collective body of believers, we have a greater dimension of the power and the ability of God to bring us to this place of living in the fullness of our inheritance in a quicker, in a greater way. I want you to know that we can together come together and put our faces to the ground before the Lord and we can display a love that's never been shown to this world before. I, everywhere I go, I go to a meeting like the one I just referred to you. I go to all their prayer groups. I may go to all their churches and I don't see it. I don't see where the people are getting together before God like these people. Faith has nothing to do with, with removing, humbling yourself before the Lord. The name of Jesus has nothing to do with humbling yourself before the Lord. You check out through all the Old Testament, anywhere they got in trouble, anywhere evil came, 
It was only when they turned their faces unto the Lord and got together as a nation, got together as a people, and cried out unto the Lord their God, and deliverance was always forthcoming. There is a greater dimension of the Spirit of God, of the power of God, of the glory of God, when His people are of one mind and of one accord. You, you recall in Acts, the fourth chapter, when two of their representatives were taken in a question because they healed a lame man, Peter and John, when they were sent back to their own company and reported to them all that the chief priests and the elders had said. They didn't whine and they didn't cry, but they got together and lifted their voices up to the Lord their God and began to worship Him and prayed and said, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal more. And that signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And the place was literally shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. No fear, boldness. What are you saying? What I'm saying is this. I've been here for three years. I have endeavored to have a group of people that would collectively come together in intercessory prayer. I couldn't understand it as a young minister why it was so difficult. I couldn't understand why as a minister. It just seems as though it's difficult to get people to pray collectively. I couldn't understand why. But as I began to grow and understand, I began to see something. There is so much power. There is so much manifestation of the Spirit of God when God's people have one intention, one heart, one mind, one purpose to be unified together and cry out and pray unto the Lord their God so that the people that are less blessed around them could be delivered. I found out that the power lies in unity in a people that would pray regardless of what. I found out that the foundation of any Christian endeavor was prayer. I found out that any organization, any group, any body body, Christian body, is only as strong as the prayer that supports it. And when we endeavor time after time again to get people to come to pray, I have never seen so much of an attack upon people's lives as I have seen in an intercessor prayer group. I want you to know that the Spirit of God has opened up to my spirit this fact. We will never rise above the prayer that supports us. 
You'll never get to a place in God that you're going to see demonstrations and manifestations of His Spirit in the supernatural unless we join ourselves together corporately, collectively in prayer unto our Father. There, the Bible teaches us the effectiveness of corporate prayer. The Bible teaches us the effectiveness of collective, unified prayer in the Spirit under the Lord our God. And I want to tell you something. Every demon and every cohort, every power of darkness cannot stand to see God's people assemble themselves together with the intent and purpose of praying in other tongues. I have never seen so much confusion. I have never seen so many onslaughts. I have never seen so many attacks. I've never seen so much confusion as coming to a place, the places of intercessory prayer. And this is not only here. This is my experience throughout all the country. Every one I talk to, I always ask them about their intercessory prayer group. And every single answer is the same way. The same one, the same way. The devil is, is so upset. He is so scared. He is so frightened that he calls upon the highest rank in his army and sets them and gives them, uh, you know, papers to go to this certain place or that certain place where people mean business and are serious with the things of God and they are serious in uniting themselves together in ancestral prayer. He can't stand it because he has no defense against it. He has no power. He has no weapon. And when it happens, he is left on the outside looking in. These people knew what to do. You check out every situation where the people cried unto the Lord. Let's look at the 107th Psalm. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy, and gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go into a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. 
For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would pray. Notice the cry. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down into the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord, his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up. To the heaven they go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and, and are at their wits end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them under the desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into wilderness and water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land in barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blessed, blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffered not their cattle to decrease. Again they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. That's why. He poureth contempt upon princes, and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction, and maketh him... Families like a flock, the righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Who is wise and will observe these things? Observe these things. Even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Even they. Even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Beloved, the Father wants us to enter into this land together. If you want to enter into this land of promise, we've got to enter into it together. There is power in numbers. If one could put a thousand, two could put ten thousand, can you imagine when you get a whole body of believers that have the same purpose, intent, and motive of heart that are crying out unto the Lord, that are seeking the same relationship with Him, that are joining forces together against these outside forces that are ever determined to take away from us our inheritance. Can you imagine the power and the authority that we have when we bring ourselves together just to rejoice for what He has done for us? It's a sacrifice. He said it was. But what a reward for the sacrifice. See, we've got to ask ourselves, 
What is our intention in body worship? What is my purpose for being here? What is my goal? I believe, and you mark my words, I believe that if every church in every, on every street, in every city, in this local area, would get on their faces before the Lord their God and cry out just where they at, or are at in their own congregation, I believe with all my heart that it would not be long until the denominational churches were being born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, faith-walking. I mean to tell you, just riding high in the things of the Spirit of the living God. And you'd have your cities emptied of all their bars and all the garbage places, and people would be filling it in, up their churches like never seen before on the face of the earth. I stood before one of these labor men and said to him, The problem with the world today is love versus selfishness. Everybody's greedy. Everybody wants their own thing. A person can't even give up a little bit just, just to feed somebody else. We are living in a wicked generation. We're living in a generation where people won't even want to feed their kids. Hear me. And kids are turning against their parents like never before. It's all around us. Sure, it's causing destruction. Sure, it's causing economical failure. Sure, it's causing some churches to fall apart by the wayside. But I want to tell you something. I could boldly stand there and say, Bless God, we've not joined the recession. Bless God, we're not entering in. Bless God, we're just going to believe the Lord our God and we're going to cry out to Him like never before and stand before His throne as a people that will not have love removed from our midst, will not have peace of mind destroyed from us, and will not have our bodies destroyed by the ungodliness and all the germs and diseases that surround us because we're joining and uniting ourselves together. We are not stripping ourselves down and breaking ourselves up through division. We have that same purpose, motive, and desire of heart. Do you see what I'm saying? There's power in this. There's victory in this. God's so good. You think about all that as I propose this to you. I didn't intend on preaching. I intended on praising Because our Heavenly Father is whispering, I believe, to our hearts that in this place we have heard so much of God's Word and we know so much of God's Word that it's time we put it into practice. Beloved, if we have never, ever endeavored to do anything else I believe it's time that we fulfill something that we're supposed to do. Intercessory prayer should be filled to overflowing. Because your life depends on it. Because your inheritance depends on it. If it means we cut off other things, and I mean in, in, in our church. I'm speaking to you as in the position of a pastor right now who is anointed of God. And speaking from my heart saying that it's time we put prayer into practice. 
Our body is only going to be held together through intercessory prayer. As these people united themselves together and prayed and fasted before the Lord and got results, that's the way we're going to see the results that we need to see. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.